Hi there. This is Tanisha Coffey, aka The Lofty Entrepreneur, and this is The Lofty Entrepreneur Podcast. Whether you're watching or listening, this is the place to be for the very best tips, tools, resources, and advice for small business owners. From the high-level strategic concepts to getting in the trenches of how to make more money, scale, and grow. Now, I'm all about strategic action. So right here, right now, this very second, here's what I need you to do. Go ahead and click that like and subscribe button so you don't miss any episodes. I always find guests to bring you golden nuggets for your business, and tonight's no different. Tonight's guest is the one, the only, Ms. Donna Smith-Bellinger. Now, Donna is a sales manager on demand, business development consultant, speaker, and author. She has built and led hundreds of teams in the ever-changing landscape of sales, from small businesses to Fortune 500 companies over the last 40 years, always delivering razor-sharp, business-transforming insights, and guess what? She's here right now, and she took time out because she is in Cancun. So we are going to go ahead and bring her in. How are you doing, Donna? Hello. Hello to you and to all of your listeners. It's so great to be here. Thank you for inviting me. Absolutely. So I am super excited. You don't realize it, but I have been tracking you literally for a good six months wanting to get you on this podcast. So I am beyond over the moon right about now to have you, um, you know, tonight. So thank you so much for, for joining me. All right. So first, I want to kind of kick it off with your whole journey into entrepreneurship. Okay. Well, um, just uh, to be, I'm always very clear and transparent. So I started out uh, as a homeless teenage mom. When I had my son right out of high school, my family disowned me. Mm. And I uh, had no mentors. I had nothing to, you know, show me the way. What I knew was I had a child that I needed to care for. I grew up in a upper middle class family. I wanted to provide at the same level that I had been raised. Mm -hmm. So um, within about three years, I was out earning my dad, which was kind of fun. And uh, I had a management position as an assistant, um, what was I? The assistant director of admissions for a technical school. And I worked in uh, trade and technical schools for a number of years. Then I shifted into corporate sales, always dealing with some kind of tech, some type of skill, um, a great deal of uh, community work in addition to the other things that I was doing. And uh, then I co-founded a tech firm through all of those things uh, because I didn't have anybody to tell me that I wasn't supposed to be able to do the things that I was doing. Okay. <laughs> they were happening. They were yeah. happening. And uh, two things I'll just say right off the bat, don't keep your dreams to yourself. Let other people know what you would like to see happen in your life. Uh, people see things in you that you don't see in yourself. Yes. All righty. And uh, secondly, you know, just have no fear. Have no fear. Just, just go ahead and move out on faith. And uh, it is absolutely amazing uh, things that will happen for you. Now that I'm in my middle earlies, mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> that's what I call this. Uh, so um, I am 
doing what I wish I had someone to do for me. So I'm spending my time working with owner-operated businesses, people who are transitioning out of corporate to start their businesses, entrepreneurs, entrepreneurs. And I am helping these individuals to create their own economies because it only takes once to lose a job to realize that you don't want to give anyone else all of that power over you. Oh my so, goodness. Yeah. It only that, takes once. <laughs> that is amazing because um, there's some parallels. I, I don't know. You probably don't know kind of my background, but like that's part of why I do what I do. That's how, that's where the lofty entrepreneur was born from. Because when I was starting out as an entrepreneur, I had zero desire to be an entrepreneur. Mm -hmm. It was one of those scenarios where I couldn't find anybody. I had all the education. I did everything everybody tells you to do to get the job and, you know, to be, you know, this ideal corporate. And um, it didn't work out, you know, for me. And so I said, okay, I've got all this education. I need to put it to work for me. If somebody won't hire me, I'm going to hire myself and make my own money. And that's how my journey started. But then that's also what keeps me doing what I'm doing. I was talking to my husband earlier today. And, you know, there's some other things that I'm interested in doing and I need to offload. But like, this is not something I can just offload because it's so near to my heart because I want to help people who are in a situation where I was in, you know, where they're trying to figure out how do I make this work? Mm -hmm. Like not making it work is not an option. And so I, I find that I did not know that about you. So that, that really hits home, um, you know, for me to just, you know, hear that and see that in you. So I definitely commend you on that because your journey, uh, you know, mine was more cushier though. It wasn't, you know, perfect. <laughs> Yours was uh, definitely more turbulent, just the start of it, you know, compared mm -hmm. to mine. So I feel like, wow. So yeah. tell, so tell me, okay. So you, you're, you're doing all these things that you didn't even know, you know, you weren't quote unquote supposed to be doing, you know, that were kind of stepping outside of the norms and, and all this, where did you get that to even have that in you? to go for those things because sometimes it's people telling you you can't but sometimes it's you don't even know that you can so what was it in you that was like let's go let's do this well there were two sides to my coin so in business i was this a very authoritative assertive oh what else do the guys call me uh candid irreverent uh, bitchy, uh, <laughs> you know, because yeah. I led white male sales teams and uh, in high ticket items. And then there were also times that I worked for, you know, minority firms. I mean, it was kind of a little bit of this and that, but um, the bottom line was that I had a child to take care of. Now, the other side, the personal life toe up from the flow up just going to tell you because all of those things that they laid on me when they threw me out, that was still here in, yeah. in the background. What I discovered, even though I had a very uh, successful professional career, my life 
didn't really change until I moved away from, and I didn't have to move far, 30 miles, but I moved away from people who were not as driven as I was. You know, um, I had a nervous breakdown in my 30s, and that was because I had made uh, well over $100,000 mid-year. This was over 30 years ago. Mm -hmm. And I looked up in my uh, checking account one day and I saw that I had over $40,000 sitting in a checking account, just sitting there. And there was no one in my life who could relate to that. Wow. Yeah, you know, because I was estranged from my family. I didn't have any mentors. I didn't know about investing. I didn't know about building with wealth, you know, and and so I had a nervous breakdown. I moved myself back down to broke because I knew how to handle broke. Mm. Okay, I can handle broke. I can move up out of broke in a heartbeat. But the responsibility of, of making those, you know, that stuff with the, those commas in there, that was kind of throwing me off. And I had nobody to talk to about it. So when I moved away from those people and began to hang with people who had uh, different goals. Right. And, and it was so funny because those people that I moved away from, you know, my club folks and, and you know, going out and partying out every weekend and yep. you know, dating people that I knew better, right. all of that stuff, 30 miles. Well, that was too far for them to come. So they're like, you can come on out here. I'm like, okay, I was not born at night or last night. <laughs> it's the same. Distance. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, oh no, you can come on out here. No, I can't. And I'm not ever going to do it again. So, um, you know, that's, that's kind of the way that uh, my personal life and my professional life began to gel. And, and then I met uh, an absolutely fabulous man. I didn't get married until I was 51. And uh, my husband married into an instant grandfather. So that was, <laughs> he was like, I do. And oh, wow. Yeah. Because the grandkids were in the wedding in the whole nine yards. But, <laughs> but he is my cheerleader. So as opposed to the guys that I dated who told me if I go to school and I'm going to get education, I think I'm better than other people. I think I'm too sophisticated. Da, 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 da. Uh, yep. <laughs> hilarious. Just, just, you know, have, you know, interesting that that's, you and I can just have another conversation all about that part. <laughs> but, I had to get away from corporate because I was tired of having to deal with, first I was too young, then I was too old. I was always too outspoken. You know, you're a good looking woman. Why don't you let a man take care of you and have a man take over this job? I said, if you had had a man to do this job the way you needed it done, you'd have never given it to me. Right. You right. know, uh, very tough negotiator, those kinds of things. and. I was um, recruited to be an adjunct in business and entrepreneurship, recommended by another professor. And I, I was like, I thought it was, you know, what, what's that boy's name that does, uh, what's his name, Cousin Tommy or whoever. I was like, who is this really? 
you yeah. all must be pranking me. And I was like, I don't have all this alphabet soup and all of that stuff. And uh, what they said to me was, your rep reputation precedes you, and we know that you get action out of people. Mm -hmm. And I was like, if that's what you want, yeah, I'm your girl. I'm going to do that. So you never know where these, so I've done television, I've done radio, I've been in front of classes, international speaking. Yes, I wrote a book. Um, quickly, I'll just tell you that the first chapter, the first line in the first chapter of my book is not everybody's going to like you and you really don't want them to because it's too time consuming. Right. So, you know, we don't care. You know how to make friends. You're trying to get customers. You're trying to get paid. Right. Don't get those two things twisted. So I want to ask you, before we jump into that side, I want to ask you two things. One, you know, as a woman in business, that tends to be, you know, you always have to deal with, with the men and the men who um, think that they're greater than, you know, simply because of their genealogy, you know, <laughs> the, the X, Y, you know, chromosomes going on. So what was it like? Because you're talking 30 years ago. So, you know, theoretically, we've progressed more in these, you know, in these days. But, you know, how was it that you, an African-American woman, was, you know, stepping into head honcho position over several white males like how was that received and then how did you mentally or maybe you didn't need to maybe it was already in you how did you prepare yourself to take that on knowing kind of some of the potential challenges that you were walking into uh you know it's it's interesting because um i grew up in a suburban area of chicago and I went to a private school initially, and there were 400 students and 11 Blacks. Mm -hmm. I had always been raised in a very diverse environment, my church, my community, all of that. It wasn't until I went into corporate that I realized how Black I was. I'm going to just put it that way. I was like, oh, this is a thing. So, <laughs> and then there was the woman thing. But... Uh, my father wanted a boy, so he only got me. And uh, I was initially an introvert, very, very introverted, very, very self-conscious. Um, never thought I was, you know, I had a lot of the things that women um, have instilled in them. So I never thought I was, air quotes, enough. Mm -hmm. And I always thought that I was too. Mm -hmm. All right, to this, to that. But when I got into, no, I need to bring this check home because there are things that I want to do with my kids. That's a whole different animal. I was laughing when you were talking about, I would be, oh God, I'd be so sued for some of the stuff I've said to men. Um, but I had to laugh because I remember one time I had a guy really get in my face and try and, anyway, he was in my face. And I told him, I said, baby, you need to understand. You got two balls. I got two balls. Mine are bigger and higher. Woo! <laughs> yes. <laughs> right? <laughs> so, <laughs> and that was just, you know, I could um, relate to the guys. And I mean, I could go out and I could hang with them. And I would literally, at one point in time, I ran a school in Kansas. 
and I would literally study the sports pages over the weekend. So, and I'm not a sports fan. Right. Kansas is a little bit different because it's all about high school and college ball. It's like Texas, high school and college ball. And, and so I had to learn the teams and the stars and all that other stuff so that I could relate. I mean, you have to do your homework, mm -hmm. but um, there's absolutely no way in the world that I was not going to be able to afford what my kids wanted. But I always had a little something on the side, absolutely positively always, because no one was going to have control over me and my future. Like I said, you only got to lose one job. Right. And, and then you realize you're not going to give them the power to control you. And that takes care of your confidence and everything else. Cause it's like, no, guess what? You need me. I'm in sales. I'm making you money. Mm -hmm. I'm not trying to pay for myself. What I'm doing is paying for everybody else who's in this office. Right. You know, so when you're in a sales position, it, it, it is um, a little bit different. It's right. a little bit different. All right. So if you guys are, didn't just catch that, she said a huge part of that is that mindset and it's how you're looking at things, right? So even if you're in a position, you're working for someone else right now, you have to still, you can still treat it as if you are an entrepreneur, you know, you're the services you're providing. Who writes yeah. The check. yeah. And you have to, and, and act like it that, so you own the position, but at the same time, you realize that you have skills, you have value, you have power that you can also translate those same skills into entrepreneurship on your own and you'll be okay because you've proven that you can do the job in your corporate job or, you know, whatever, whatever type of position it is. All right. But you know what I want to transition into. So I think that that is amazing. Those of you listening, those excuses, I hope you just throw them out the window because you heard a whole bunch in just a short amount of time. So those excuses that you have right now that you say are holding you back from entrepreneurship or moving forward, go ahead and toss them over your shoulder and say goodbye to them. All right, because we are about to transition and give you some tips to help you to start moving in a better direction, right? So I know a lot of times people will confuse sales and marketing. They'll lump them all together, but you and I know very well they are not one and the same. So I want you from your perspective to kind of break them down for people to help them to understand the two hats, the two places that they sit, but then also, um, you know, how they work in concert together. Sure. Your marketing gives you visibility. Essentially, that's what it does. This is brand awareness. This is, uh, you know, all of those things. So whether you are uh, doing commercials, whether you are uh, doing a lot of social, whatever it is, it's all about attracting the attention of who you perceive to be your ideal customer or your best opportunity. If you want to find out, this is sneaky, but I got to throw it in there before I go into the other part. If you want to find out how you are viewed, pay very close attention to the commercials that air on the TV shows that you watch. That will tell you how the general market views you as a consumer. You will notice that 
on uh, things like Jerry Springer and stuff like that? What do you see? Interact need a check, you know, uh, cheap insurance, um, uh, injury attorneys, all of those things. Watch the higher level programs. It's a whole, now we're talking about building wealth. We're talking about investments. We're talking about luxury. Pay attention. And that'll tell you how they view you and, and your viewing. So now that you've got the brand awareness, because remember, they're not trying to get the awareness and the attention of broke people on, on those other things, okay? They know the demographic of who they're trying to reach. And I always say the only thing broke people can bring is more broke people, because that's all they hang with. When you move into the sales part, there comes a point in time, especially if you got commas in, in your pricing, that you have to have a conversation. Now we'll click the button and go, okay, fine, for $25.97, even you know, $59.99, even $97. We'll click that thing all the time. But when you start talking about $1,500, $5,000, now you gotta have a conversation with me. You have to be able to show me that you are the professional, that you are the expert, and that you are listening to me and understand exactly what my pain point is. Because in sales, it is not your logic. It is the client's logic. And so that moves you into your whole communication style. Remember that when you are talking to your ideal client or that person that you want to deal with, you don't dress for the people you hang out with. You dress for the person you want to pay you. All right. So you don't have things hanging out of your ear. You don't have tatas hanging out. You don't have on the lime green suit. You know what I'm trying to tell you. Okay. No, you have to look like you are accustomed to getting paid every single day, whatever that dollar amount is that you are requesting, whatever the dollar amount is that you've attached to your specific product or service. And in order for that to happen, you have to learn how to listen to people and understand how this person you are addressing processes information. So if you're talking to someone and they're saying, well, I think it's going to look like well, I always imagine, uh, imagined it would be, this is somebody who's very visual, mm -hmm. all right? If you've got someone who wants to talk to you about the money, yeah, but how much is it in there? When am I going to get a return? Da, 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 da. This is a linear person, a process-driven person. And that means that when you talk to them about your product or your service, whether or not you're comfortable doesn't matter. Remember, it's not your logic, it's their logic then you have to communicate in the way that they process information. You're not trying to force them into your business model. You are trying to insert yourself into your client's life and your client's model. And uh, that is something that I even work with executives on because learning how to wrap your solution around the listening of the person that you are addressing will help you to get promoted will help you to get funded, will aid in your visibility. That communication piece is key. And that was a lot of my secret sauce when I was growing my business. 
being able to communicate into the listening of what other people um, were communicating to me as far as what their need is. Always make sure that um, you ask the questions, you don't make assumptions. And if you have a business or if you're going for promotions or whatever, here's a little bit of homework. I always give homework. Here's a little bit of homework for you. I want you to ask someone who's important to you. And I'm talking about from a business standpoint, not, you know, your friend. Um, how would you introduce me to someone else and tell them what you do? How would you introduce me? You would be surprised. People don't know what you do. So of course they can't recommend other people to you because they don't know what you do. So with this device, most of us have one. If you go into your phone and start scrolling and just pick a name, I'm willing to bet that if wherever you were, the last time you spoke to that person, whether you were in school, whether you were working a job that you hated, whether you were single, getting divorced, whatever, time stopped the last time you talked to them. You don't know what they're doing and they don't know what you're doing. Most of you can hit your numbers just using the people that you already know. And if you can't, you need different people. So let's talk about that a little bit because um, I wanted to talk a little bit about warm versus cold markets. So you're talking warm markets. So how do you, um, you know, how do you suggest people approach those kind of conversations? Um, you know, working it in to fish for those, you know, referrals and recommendations and. and okay. Uh, one of the things that I do in my trainings is, is this. So this will be a little bit of Donna free. That's what I call it. There are actually four kinds of phone calls that you're going to make. All right. Um, I'm glad this is being recorded because I talk fast and you're going to need to write this down. But there are four types of phone calls. Wait a minute. And there's one type of net that was bothering me. Okay. Make that through. And he was just going up and down the wall and making me crazy. So here's the deal. The first is the introduction call. And that is, hey, I met you at networking at this particular event. We didn't get a chance to really talk. I'd like to get to know you a little bit. It is not a sales conversation. None of these four types of sales conversations. The second one is the reintroduction call. Hey, we haven't talked for a while. Things have been going on with me. Things I'm sure have been going on with you. Hey, we're post-COVID. We're starting to network. Let's, you know, kind of see where we are right now. The third is an appointment call. You know, hey, Tanisha, the last time we talked, you said you were interested in meeting people who were uh, starting careers in finance or whatever it is. So I just met a few people at a BNI event that I went to, and I'd like to have a conversation with you to see if these are people you would like to be introduced to. Can we schedule 15 minutes to have a call? Not trying to sell anything on any of these three. You all are with me? Yes, yes. The fourth one is the invitation call. Hey, Tanisha, you know, you said you were trying to meet some more people uh, who were entrepreneurs. I got invited to this event. How would you like to be my plus one? And I'll introduce you to these people. Those are four types of calls you can do to show your value and to be engaging. Introduction, reintroduction appointment, invitation. 
None of these are, will you buy my, no, none of them are that. None of them are that. Why? Because you don't like to be sold. Why would you think your prospect wants to be? You don't like it. You know you don't like it when people start dealing out their business cards like Tic Tacs. Mm -hmm. You know, when can we talk? Let me tell you about what I've got. Mm -mm. And, and there's a whole nother conversation around how to introduce yourself properly so that you are memorable and show that you have value. And it sure doesn't go with, so if you know anybody or I'm looking for everybody who, no, because I'm not trying to work for you. I'm not trying to work for you. So why do I want to put my reputation on you and I don't even know you yet? It's amazing to me, the people who do that in, in their uh, introductions. You know, we all get that little 30 second, 60 second introduction. No, never lead with your brand. People don't buy what you do. They buy why you do it. That's what they, you know, um, I spent 30 years in corporate and I saw that this was going on and that was going on and I thought I had a solution for it. So my solution is this, or you may say, people hire me too. Because it's very, very important that you establish yourself not as a peddler, but as a professional, mm -hmm. which means people hire me too, or people pay me too. Right. Or what my clients have said about me is, those are very, very key things. Right. All right, guys, I hope you're listening because she dropped, oh, about a dozen nuggets right there in that last like three minutes, things that you can put into effect immediately. So I hope that you're listening and do like she said, go ahead and wind this back, listen to it again. And before you listen to it, go ahead and share it with somebody because I know you know somebody who needed to hear that. Okay. <laughs> so, all right. So we talked a little bit about, you know, kind of those conversations that, that people um, should be having, what they maybe shouldn't be doing. You know, um, I think one of the phrases, I don't remember who said it, but it talked about, you know, kind of the whole dating scenario, you know, yeah. when you're, you know, in business, people tend to, you know, the business owner or whoever's selling something, you want to make the sale, obviously, you know, that's what you're trying to do. You're trying to make money. But the whole notion when you relate it to dating uh, you know, nobody wants somebody just kind of trying to jump on them immediately when you first. You don't propose out. at the bar. Yeah. You don't propose at the bar. You don't propose at the first engagement. You have to uh, do that little bit of dating, that little tap dance around each other to figure out if you are a fit. Right. That is and why it's so important that you're able to um, communicate your value. And, and one of the things that I tell <clears throat> my, my uh, people frequently, and, and I had little wristbands I used to give out for this, is you must learn how to consistently communicate your competence. That's what you have to do. Never forget to communicate your brilliance, not from an arrogant standpoint, but again, to, to set the, um, the boundaries. Mm -hmm so that they understand what you do, why you do it, and who pays you to do it. 
that's that's what the deal is. And if you want friends, you know, most of us by a certain age, we know how to get friends. We're trying to get paid. Mm -hmm. So that's a good transition because a lot of people have trouble having that that conversation, making that ask. You know, so some people will, you know, get stuck in that first part, having those initial conversations just to kind of warm up to somebody, but then they stay in that zone because they have no clue how to transition into a sales conversation. When you are having conversations with individuals, if you learn to perfect this value-driven conversation, uh, like I said, most people don't like sales. Sales is sleazy, it's icky, it's uncomfortable. I don't like asking people for money. Fine. When you communicate your value such that they understand that they really need what you are doing and you've communicated into their listening, you don't have to ask for the sale. They are going to say either, how can we work together? Or I have someone I want you to meet. And this is something that I do with my clients all the time. Show them how to have these conversations so that you're not asking for the sale. If you have to ask for the sale, you didn't communicate the value and you're going to get objections. Mm -hmm. I always talk about not refusal conversion, but refusal aversion making sure that you have wrapped the conversation in such a way that you've already identified their hesitant points and they have been addressed. Because you want them to say, okay, what's the next step? How do I get some more of this? I hear these things all the time with me. I don't ask people to work with me. I really don't. You know, it's, it's very, I may say, okay, the doors are going to open on June 4th. You know, if, if you want to participate in this, then that's great. Uh, another one that I will say frequently is if you want to work in a group setting, okay, the doors are going to open on whenever it's going to be. But if you want me all to yourself and we just focus on you, we need to have another conversation. Right. Now, the person who then comes to me knows, no, I want to work with you and just me and you focusing on my problem. Perfect. Because I've already laid out all of the parameters. Mm -hmm. Okay. I have sold insurance, paintings, uh, clerical services, computers, training, um, all kinds of things. I've sold them to municipalities. I've sold to individuals. It's all the same thing. If they know, like, trust you and understand your value, you don't have to ask. The three questions that you will need to ask is, what is the scope of the project? What is your timeline? And what is your budget? Mm -hmm. All right. So. Uh, once again, Miss Donna has broken it down right there. So you don't have to sell. You don't have to sell. Mm -mm. You just have to listen, speak their language, ask questions that help you to speak their language better, 
and then make sure throughout that as you're doing those communications you have to show basically show what you know without so they understand your value and that you are the person to work with them mm -hmm. that's people so simple with people who are professionals who are experts and who listen that is so simple <laughs> all right so that's amazing i love how you broke that down so there was you know i was doing a little bit of my my research as i do before these shows and so i came across a phrase that i love um for you and i think it'll be a great way to kind of put a bow on what we've talked about today because i know you have a tons you have tons more you could share with us but i'm sorry people she didn't, she, you know, she's about her business if you didn't catch that, which means that we, we can't, we can't give you everything in this, in this podcast today. If you're lucky, and if I'm lucky, she'll come back again and maybe share some more, but for now, I have this question for you. All right, so I saw the phrase, start with a yes, end with the sale. Break that down for me. Sure. Well, when you say to them, yes, I understand. Yes, I have experience in that. And that's, that's telling the stories, all right? I have a challenge with my business. You know, I'm, I'm just setting up, setting the stage. And, uh, you know, the challenge is X. Case in point, if you go and you look at me on, on LinkedIn, you will see I have a lot of recommendations. And there's a formula for recommendations, but I'll get to that another time. But, um, <clears throat> One of the people that I talked to told me that he had a client who was really giving him grief. It was a high maintenance, high profile, spending tons of money client. And this particular client was telling him how to do his job. And uh, I said, well, see, you didn't train this client. You didn't train him. <laughs> you have to train him. You have to set boundaries. That's the boundary. so, so the first thing is, if you knew how to do it, why did you hire me? And uh, the second thing is, I work with you. I don't work for you. Oh, golden words, golden words, because okay. you're an entrepreneur. <laughs> so you're a business you can, owner. Yeah. So a business owner. Because and a lot people... of times they think that a if you call yourself an entrepreneur, they don't always look at you as a business owner. I'm just, I'm just saying. So, uh, but if you've got your articles of incorporation, if you're paying your taxes, if you've got all that, honey, you're a business owner. All right. And you are a small business owner. If you're making under a million dollars, you're a small business owner. I don't care if it's just a penny off. So you deserve the same amount of respect as any other small business owner. So when you get to the point where as you were talking about your solutions, you're starting to see this. I call it the bobblehead. You start to see the bobblehead going, yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah, that's the kind of result I'm looking for. You got it. Start with a yes and end with a sale. Wonderful. All right. So you guys, I want to first thank you for tuning in and listening. Be sure you share this. Be sure you listen to it. Watch it again. 
But then also be sure to connect with Donna because I know there's gonna be some of you out there who are saying, I need her in my life, like yesterday. So Donna, please tell everybody, how can they connect with you? How can they work with you? Absolutely. So first of all, um, I do have a Facebook group and uh, it is Fearless Sales Conversations. And it's not one of those, you got to pay to be a, no, 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 no. This is just a community of people who want to get better at sales. All right. So fearless sales conversations is, is one way. I do periodically do um, low priced or, or free webinars and things like that. So that's it. But the first thing I would love to do is just have a conversation with you. I call it a no sales conversation because what I want you to do is just bring me your biggest challenge in your business and let's just spend 20 minutes beating it up. That's all. Just just let me just beat it up. If, if we decide we want to work together further, we both have to decide that because I get to choose who I work with. It's a wonderful thing being a business owner. Um, then um, we can take it from there. But in the meantime, I just want to help you. I just want to help you. So you do get a chance to have that conversation with me. Connect with me on LinkedIn. That is the best way. Um, and don't just push the connect button and think that we will magically connect. No. Tell me. I heard you on The Lofty Entrepreneur and I wanted to connect with you, okay? I don't pay much attention to people who just hit that connect button. You know, what, you just collect, it's like collecting business cards, no? No, I'm not, I'm not interested in that. I want people who are going to take what I share with them and use it. Uh, something that I used to always say is information acquired but not acted upon is just a souvenir. And I don't do t-shirts. Love it. Love it. Well, Donna, thank you so much uh, for joining me today on the Lefty Entrepreneur podcast. So much great information. I truly appreciate you taking your time out of your vacation, nonetheless, to be here with me today. So thank you a million times over. Everybody listening and watching, please, um, you know, be sure to just stay tuned. If you like this information, which I know you do, be sure to leave a comment. If you're listening on one of the podcasts, you can send a, an audio response to me or Donna and you know we'll get to it and maybe respond back to you. And if you're watching this on YouTube or somewhere else, then you can also leave comments there. Thank you so much, Donna. I appreciate you. We'll talk Thank to you, you guys later. <laughs> okay. Bye.